Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of September 25th, which is the last week of September. Time is moving so fast. I don't like it, man. Slow this whole train down. Nonetheless, here we are, last week of September, and this week is part two Mm -hmm. uh, in a conversation I had gotten away for uh, quite a bit of the summer in as much sabbatical as I could get in in an otherwise real life with heartache and crises and all that. But I got away for a really big chunk of time with God. And I want to share... I want to share some things from that for you with you because I think it'll be really helpful. So last week was part one. So if you haven't watched that, listen to that, go back and do that. Right. Um, and because we're just going to jump into sort of part two here. But before we do that, let's take our pause. And this practice, this practice is designed to do two things. If you will repeat things. If you will build them into your body, if you will build them into your rhythm, your cadence, if they become so secondhand, that's when your spiritual practices work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's not the once a week. It's not the once a month, you know. Yeah. It's not getting to a wild at heart retreat once a year. Those are all good things, but it's your daily and it's your, it's your moment to moment. It's your way, your way of life. And the practice of benevolent attachment is something that we are trying to build deeply in. Because a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the crazy and the culture and the speculation and the what if, and oh no, here comes you know the next round of COVID or the next round of Biden-Trump or whatever right. it is in your part of the world. Um, and there are some really, really, really heartbreaking things going on around the world. Um, you've got to release that. You, you cannot carry it. The soul was actually never even meant to know about it. You weren't, you're not God. You weren't meant to know about the heartache of the world or the fear of the future on a global scale. And so the practice every week, we just take a moment right now and we give it all to God. Whatever it is that's got you spun up already today, <laughs> let it go. It's called benevolent detachment, and you just say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. So take a moment and release people, projects, and release the future. Release it all. And we always pray for union. We pray for the restoration of our union with God. Because as we're about to describe in the podcast this week, the soul is healed through union with God. There really is no other way. So heal my union with you, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Heal my union with you. Heal our union right now. As I let things go, my soul is more available to union. And so as I'm releasing things, I can find union with you, God. And meet us here in this week's podcast. Amen. So what lingers from last week? What, what, what like really struck you in the conversation about 
Sabbath, sabbatical, the self-life? Yeah, good question. I think the main thing would be just the subtlety of the self-life most of the time for most people, but specifically for me. Like I don't even, it's not a category I identify on a daily, hourly basis. It's just more, well, of course, anybody would be offended by this. Anybody would demand justice for this. And and Kelly's been really good at saying, no, sweetheart, not everybody would do that. You do that because of your story and or your, your self-motivation to make something happen. And so when you were talking last week, it really exposed to me just the, the need to make time to have those parts of me exposed so I can have God heal those parts of me. Yes. And if I don't slow down and don't notice them, the enemy's quite content to let me go decades and decades mm-hmm. in that brokenness. Yeah. And then and then something big goes off. Yeah. And then it's really really damaging. So what we were talking about last weekend coming back from more than 8 weeks away from work. Uh, couldn't get away from life. <laughs> Wish I could, but at least away from work, email projects, deadlines, you know, all that stuff. And what I quickly began to pray, because as I as I did that, got away with Stace, got away by myself quite a bit. I'd had quite a bit of time of solitude and silence. Um, what I oh gosh, I just saw my condition. And the condition was not just depletedness. I was pretty hammered from the war. You know, we face a pretty high level of, of spiritual warfare here uh, at the ministry because we're global and we're in yes. some pretty dark and significant places in people's lives and world, bringing healing and restoration. And so that pisses off a lot of dark stuff. Right. Okay. But what I was aware of was if I just go get my tanks refilled, I'm just going to blow through that again. And, and if a crisis hits, I'll blow through it in a two-week two period. Right. Okay. I do need my tanks refilled, but I need more. I need more wholeness, more wholeheartedness, more of me, as Dallas Willard would say, more of me belonging to more of God. That's what I need because that's joy and life, but it's also protection and well-being and and then especially in ministry. So um, what I found myself praying was, I ask you for the rest of my salvation. I need the rest of my salvation. I was praying it again this morning, here back, back at work, back in the world. Yeah. I'm still asking for that. Yes. I need the rest of my salvation. And so what we were talking about last week was the presence of the Mm self-life and how much all self and selfhood need to get into Christ so that this independent self, however it's manifesting, cannot drive the bus, cannot take you down, cannot have these little places. And it's just so ugly to see in ministry because, you know, well, how come I didn't get to be picked on the worship team this week? Or how come how come our priest didn't ask me to lead the men's retreat this year? You know, it's like offense. 
and pride and all that stuff. And man, it's, it's gross anywhere, but it's really gross in ministry. Right. Okay. So that was last week. But when we're talking about, I asked for the rest of my salvation, it really has two large categories to it. The self-life, mm-hmm. the unconverted places, right? right? Oh my gosh, like, I, I don't want unconverted places in me. And then there's the category of unhealed places. Brokenness isn't sin. Brokenness is brokenness. Woundedness is not necessarily the self-life. Now, the self-life may have taken up residence there and offense, resentment, unforgiveness, all that, but yeah. woundedness is just woundedness. Brokenness yes. is just brokenness. And and what was interesting was um, the world is distraction and sedation. Helen, um, it was amazing. I was away from technology for a solid eight weeks. And so when I came back into the world, like watching some of my favorite shows, you know, I'm a big British soccer fan and I couldn't do it. I didn't want to sit in front of a screen. And it just showed me, oh my gosh, by the, by the time we're into January, all I'm doing is sitting in front of screens, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. it's distraction and sedation. Okay. Get away from that a little bit and the unaddressed issues of your soul will present themselves really quickly, which is a good thing, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So it was brokenness. It, it was what felt like younger places in me that needed the love of God, needed Christ, or, and grief, just unattended grief had a chance to show up when I'm not flying. And John, when you were distinguishing between the two for your, for yourself, as you worked through that with God, what was, what was the uh, tip off that this was brokenness or a wound that needed healing versus the self-life? Like what's, what would be an example of something that might have mm-hmm. seemed like it could have fit in either category? Yeah. Well, let me just start with the grief um, because we all have unattended grief because life just doesn't give you room. I mean, my God, I think the average corporate bereavement leave policy is one day. Oh, wow. Somebody dies yeah. in your family. Yeah, you can take a day to go to the service. <laughs> but you better be back at work. Like, it's just unbelievable. So we don't know how to grieve and we don't know how to attend to um, grief. And then other things get in there. You know, you start drinking or you start watching too much, you know, inappropriate things. Or you you start looking for comfort somewhere because you have this unattended grief, right? That's not the self-life. I'm not offended. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I'm, I'm just sad. Right? Right. Okay. Okay, that's helpful. I'm not taking offense. There's just part of my soul that's just experiencing grief. Um, or, and, memories would come up, um, losses, or uh, betrayals, or things would come up and go, whoa, that just needs healing in me. I can still feel, or young places, you, you, you experience this, Right. You're in certain settings, and suddenly you just feel eight, year, eight years old again. Right. I remember you 
visiting your mom right and her her way with you right it makes right. you feel how old Alan? oh i i mean eight nine ten yeah like i talk to her regularly she lives in another state she's a very loving mother but uh also has in her mind frozen me at eight, nine, 10, 11. Right. And so she'll say things, John, on a regular basis on a phone call, like, um, well, you're just my little boy. And I'll say, no, actually I'm a grown man. Who's your son? Well, to me, you're always my little boy. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And so then when I find a situation outside of my mom in the world I'm in every day, well, if anybody treats me in a way mm -hmm. that that triggers, mm -hmm. yeah. they're treating me like a young boy. Yes. Whether it's a man, woman, whoever. Um, yeah. Like that, that place in me, I, then I know I need more healing there yeah. because yeah. what they're saying wouldn't trigger yes. another person. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So triggers, that would be another thing. Yeah. Things that trigger you into fear, things that trigger you into despair. Um, yeah, <clears throat> things that trigger hopelessness. You go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like what what unattended part of me simply needs care mm. versus repentance? That's good. Right? Helpful. Yeah. Um, so we are all stained glass, every human being. To, to be a human being outside of Eden, like literally your body and this is a whole nother podcast series, but your body stores the trauma. Mm. Your body stores the memories of your story. And so we are broken body, soul, and spirit. And, and we are healed through union with Christ. So to find brokenness within you, um, it often brings a lot of dismay. Like, Oh my gosh, really? But, if we could be kind with ourselves and say, yeah, everybody, everybody, this is just the human situation now. And, and not only are we living outside of Eden, we're living outside the habitat that our body, soul, spirit was meant for. But you, at this point in history, you live in a highly traumatizing world, highly traumatizing to be exposed to, yeah, all of it. The news, the amount of information, the global heartache, the local trauma, all of it, it's, it's, it's traumatizing. So there is a lot of us that needs simply healing, and the soul is healed through union with God. Now, I'm on sabbatical, and, and I'm, I'm a little pissed <laughs> because I... I just wanted fun, man. <laughs> right? Let's just yeah. mountain bike. Let's let's just go fly fishing. Let's read good books. Let you know. Let, Joy. Yeah, come yeah. on. Let's have a couple of beers on the deck and grill some brats. And that's what this is about. And what's wrong with that? I know. Yeah. What's wrong with that is that while that is enjoyable, it is woefully insufficient <laughs> to the condition of the human soul and, and to my condition, to my um, and again, back to the vulnerability for, for where the self-life is operating, we're vulnerable. And where we are unhealed, we are vulnerable. Because in both examples, Alan, we are not united to Christ. Yeah. Right? 
it, it's, it's somehow outside of the rest of Jesus's operations in our life. Yes. Right? Right. Mm. Okay. So God would be bringing up, as I was just walking the dogs in the morning, especially, it's quiet, it's beautiful, sunrise, you know, just walking, walking in the woods. Um, he would bring things up. Things would begin to present themselves. Sometimes just tears would come up out of nowhere. I'm like, I, I was fine when I woke up this morning. Where, what is this? Where are these tears coming from? Well, pay attention, welcome them. And you almost go, oh, hello, my tears. <laughs> yeah, I welcome yeah. you. Mm. What's this about? And and David does this in the Psalms. He says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why are you so upset within me? He's asking, like, let your soul speak. And sometimes the tears can come through. Uh, you've been great at helping me see this through movies. And you watch a scene, and the person next to you is just, they're just watching it, and it's not even a big moment for them. And the effect in me might be tears start streaming down, yeah. even in a trailer. Yep. And you go, ask yourself why. It's yes. not just because that's an emotive scene, yes. but why for you is it bringing tears? Exactly. Yeah. Or, or another way is when you are retelling a story. If you suddenly find yourself, you know, kind of that, um, and the t tears, or or you you just whoa, you're suddenly stumbling over the words because you can't quite tell the story without emotion. That's good. Ask why. And so the, the, yeah, the immediate prayer is, Holy Spirit, what's going on? What is this about? Or it could be fear. Or it could be anger. We go, whoa, Holy Spirit, what is this about? What's beneath this? What's, what in my soul needs attention today? And again, because where we are partially converted and partially healed, we are very So just began walking into that with God each day. And, and in his kindness, it's not every day, wasn't, wasn't the entire sabbatical, but there was a lot of this. <clears throat> because again, the busyness, the distraction and sedation of the world doesn't create room for people to get the attention and the care that their soul needs. And sometimes, sometimes the things that come up needs serious care. You, you need to go see a therapist and pick a Christian therapist, please, if you would. Um, you need somebody who understands the healing presence of Jesus and, yeah. and the larger story of God in the world. You need somebody who understands the reality of warfare. Yeah. Um, secular therapists can be okay. And I have friends going to secular workshops and stuff, but the soul is healed through union with Christ. And so if you're not getting it, then you got to get it sometime. Yeah. And what seems to get in the way for me oftentimes of these broken places is a sense of shame. Yep. Because, well, I mean, last week I was in a conversation with my son, youngest son, he was about to head out after the weekend of college. And 
we got in a conversation and he said something and it, it triggered me in a way he wasn't trying to, and, and it wasn't his fault. And I found myself saying something. And after he left, we were able to make amends, but after he left, I was telling my wife, like, like, this is our third child. And there's been so much healing in this area and yes. why am I still yes. occasionally <clears throat> falling into this? Like, yes. I thought I was so much, like, better than that and more healed than that in this area. And 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 I really started beating myself up. Yes. And it was hard to, even though he was fine, we had resolved, uh, it wasn't even a massive thing. But the shame was getting in the way of me actually just going to God for, for more healing yes. because of embarrassment and beating myself up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Alan. This can be a source of real despair for mature people who have spent years doing their best to walk with God and forgive and heal and love and make good choices. Maybe they've been to counseling. Maybe they've been to counseling several times, mm -hmm. right? And they've done the trauma intensives or they've done the healing prayer and then the stuff shows up and you're like, what the heck, man? Um you have to understand that God will come back around for a deeper cut. That some of this stuff runs pretty deep in us. And it's not that the previous sessions didn't work. It's not that the, the prayer didn't have effect. It's not that, you know, your intenses were, were just bogus. No, no, no. All that work. It's just, it's just time for a deeper pass in it. Um, so, yeah, one of the passages I absolutely love in Scripture, it's the end of Thessalonians, <clears throat> and Paul prays, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, body be kept blameless for the coming of Jesus. Well, that's quite a, that's quite a project. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, can we all right. just all admit this? That's quite a project. And, and therefore, um, there are seasons of intense work where God really seems to be, whoa, bearing in on something, and then he'll back off. And, and he'll, David says in the Psalms, turn your face away from me. I can't take it right now. Uh, and then he'll back off a little bit just to give you some breathing room. And, and I was like that on my sabbaticals. And like every day was, you know, repenting of the self-life and that kind of thing, or every day was inner healing. But I'm describing what I am aware that we all need is the rest of our salvation. The, the re and to be saved, truly saved, as a human being, it is, we've used this expression, you are redeemed, you are recreated, and you are reinstated. Reinstated, okay? You are redeemed, right? So through the blood of Christ, he has ransomed us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's Colossians 1, 13, 14. Okay. Um, so we are redeemed. For there's forgiveness. There's homecoming. But then there is, we are recreated. Okay, so Paul in Ephesians 2 says, we are God's poema. It's a lovely Greek word that we get poem from. Mm. We are God's masterpiece, created anew, or recreated in Christ in order to fulfill all the good things that he has created us to do. 
So to be forgiven is marvelous, but he doesn't just leave you in that condition. You've got to be recreated. You have to be a new creation, right? You, and more and more of you belonging to more and more of God. Yes. And then the thrill of being reinstated, right? So earlier in Ephesians 2, for we have been raised with Christ and seated with him at the right hand of the Father. So we, we're back. We're, we, we're, it's even better than Eden. You are a full son. You are a full daughter. You have the full rights. And therefore, that's really important. Like in warfare, prayer, you, you're walking in the authority of Christ. You don't have a peace here, right? <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, you right. have to swing it out a pinata. You are reinstated, okay? Okay. So that project, we are all under renovation, all of us. And in an hour like this one on the earth, which is not only deeply traumatizing, highly sedating and distracting. I mean, honestly, just to have somebody fire up a leaf blower close to you in your neighborhood, yeah. it's just so triggering. It's like, whoa, and just, you know, the cortisol goes off. And um, But also, it is, a, it is a world right now where the war is like the end of World War II. We are in Okinawa. We are in Iwo Jima and Okinawa, the last two big island battles. And they were horrific, horrific in the South Pacific, just almost unspeakable. Um, and, and so it is the unhealed and unconverted places in us that are really vulnerable to that right now. So I am asking, praying, walking into the rest of my salvation. Part of that was dealing with the self-life, part one of the podcast. Today it is... Um, the healing of un, unhealed places. And the, and the process of that, in some ways, is very, very simple and very, very beautiful. And, and this is good news, folks. I was on a trauma symposium online last year, and, man, there was just some phenomenal people, and they were sharing, yeah, just these amazing processes and new things being learned in neuroscience. And I just, I just sat there thinking to myself, no way, man. No way. God did not create a world where only people who can get to a two-week trauma intensive get healed. No way. Yeah. You know, that's just, I don't yeah. believe that. I, yeah. that. That is not the heart of God, and, and that's not true. Those things are immensely helpful. I have been to them, okay? <laughs> so I endorse them, yes. you know intensives and workshops and, and deep counseling and healing prayer and all that. But here's the basic thing, gang, that is available to every person every day. This is what I want to give you in this week's podcast, is that something would present itself, and it might have been grief on a particular day or fear on a particular day. Um, loneliness, just deep loneliness might have you know come up, and I go, whoa, Jesus, whoa, what do I do with this? This feels so unhealed. Yes. Um, and he would say, walk straight into it. Straight into it. Straight into it. Go straight towards it. So you, you can almost imagine yourself doing that. You're, but you can feel it in your soul. Instead of running from the loneliness, you walk straight into it. And he says, and, and I will walk with you into it. We will walk into it together. Let me in mm. to the center of this. Which is so counterintuitive. Yeah, it is. But it's so beautiful. 
because the door opens from the inside, right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. Remember that passage? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. It's such a beautiful illustration because Jesus doesn't kick doors mm. down. He knocks and he knocks through grief and he knocks through loss and he knocks through betrayal and he knocks through just disappointment. Hey, can, can I come in there? Would you open the door of this part of your soul so that I can come in? And here's why. Because the soul is healed through union with God. And so he would bring something up and he would say, walk with me into the center of it. Go right into the center and love me here. Love me here. And so our cabin is up in the mountains in a pretty remote place. There's no cell service. Praise God. There's no internet. And it gets cold in the evening in Colorado up there. And there's these lovely little flowers, asters, um, show daisies, different wildflowers there. And Alan, as the evening is coming on, they will close up. It's so sweet. Like they, every night they every close night up. They close up. They just whoop, wow. like a sea okay. urchin, right? Mm. They just whoop. Um, and then when the sunlight comes out the next morning, they open back up fully into like a normal flower shape. Wow. So lovely. That's what your soul does. It is in pain, loss, heartache, trauma. It closes up. And Jesus says, you got to let me in there. Okay. Let's walk in there together. So we would just do this every day. I love you here. Mm. I love you here. And it would take some lingering. Yes. I love you here. So I'm in my loneliness or I'm in my grief or my fear. I love you here. I love you in this place. Why? Because as you love God in that place, Mm. the rest of you already is loving God. It's this place. As you love God in that place, it's like those flowers opening back up. It literally opens your soul Mm. to the presence of God. And then he's able to care for you. There's such breakthrough, like what you're saying, and it's not the normal way I think we grow up assuming we can handle these issues. Like we let shame in, we we assume it's just the best it's going to be, whatever. But what you're saying, I have a question for you on. Mm-hmm. So in the self-life, we expose it, we want it exposed, mm-hmm. and then we mm-hmm. we want healing in that. In the broken areas it seems like there's a tradition to almost embrace our brokenness. And and so I guess my question is, um, why do you think that's happening versus the healing that's available? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Really good question. So um, first off, you said that self-life needs to be healed. No, it actually needs to be um, either deeply repented of or thoroughly absorbed into Christ. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we were talking about, I give all self and selfhood to you, Jesus. I surrender it. Yes. I give you the keys yes. to the bus. Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, it needs to be sanctified, okay. whereas brokenness needs to be healed. Um, here's why, Alan. Why? So we we are now in a very therapeutic moment, a very therapeutic moment in the culture. But we weren't there 30 years ago, particularly in Christendom. I remember the early Christian counselors, um, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering all their names, but guys like Larry Crabb um, that, and, and the folks that started the, uh, the New Life Treatment Centers. Um, help me here, Alan. Every Man's Battle. Oh, um, 
Stephen Arterburn? <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah. Arterburn yeah. and those other guys. Yeah. The early Christian, they had to make a case for counseling. <laughs> if you go back, like they were pleading for the church to embrace counseling. So that's why in a, in a good part of Christendom now, you've got this reaction to that that says, no, 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 no. Like your brokenness is okay. And you're beautiful, broken. And let, let's, you know, that, that part is good. You just don't want to stay in it. You don't want to stay in That's it. The key. And sometimes we can, by the way, and I saw this, I saw this, I saw it with some of my grief and I saw it with some of my loneliness that it almost feels good because at least you're feeling something. Mm. At least I'm feeling something, even though it's very alone. You know, it feels raw and true. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. It'd be a lot better to get me in there and get union with God there. Okay. And then if there is tears, beautiful. You know, so here's what I mean. It presents itself. Jesus says, walk into the center of it and love me in this place. Why? Because it opens it up to the presence of God. And then you can linger there with Jesus and say, what do I need? Because brokenness is is, um, complicated. Down there in the brokenness, there may be rage. There may be unforgiveness. There may be deep agreements. Things will never change. Uh, I will never get better. Nobody really loves me. All that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to deal with those pieces so that it gets cleaned. It's like the cleaning of a wound. I have a, in my backpacking kit, I have a wound, uh, immediate wound kit that's the first thing in my backpack. I have a whole first aid kit for all kinds of different stuff, splinters and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I have a wound treatment kit and it is like an immediate rip this thing open, clean that wound hmm. out. So saturate it, wash it, yes. you know, get it in there and then get it bound up, get the bandage on it, get the antibiotics there, all that. Your soul is like that. Um, often these wounded places need to be cleaned out. And so I forgive hmm. here in this place. As I'm loving you in this place, I forgive the person that brought this pain. Which is different than going through your whole life with a permanent limp from exactly. something that exactly yeah so I, I love you here and then you ask Jesus what do I need and let the Holy Spirit show you and he might sometimes say just let me love you just let me love you here you go okay I just receive your love for for a moment sometimes he says you know he exposes an agreement and he'll say you never think this is going to change you need to break that agreement so before I can get healing, I've got to break that agreement because yeah. it's in the way, right? So I would just let Christ show me, what do I need in this place, Lord? And here's why I said it could be complicated. Sometimes down in our deep woundedness, you can have a bunch of the self-life there, hmm. holding grudges, being mad at God. Right? Yeah. In the story I told last week of the woman who, in the missionary who blew the ministry up, um, because she just wouldn't let go of the resentment and the sense of justice and entitlement. There was a lot of entitlement there. Well, that's the self life in the wound. Wow. Okay. 
And so to clean the wound out, you got to get the self-life out of there. So Lord, forgive me if I'm holding bitterness. I renounce the bitterness. Or if I'm holding a deep agreement or a grudge. Okay, you're showing that to me, Holy Spirit. I renounce that. I break that. I break the agreement because I'm cleaning the wound out. And then I need healing. And the soul is healed through union with God. And so what I would ask for is, I pray for union here. Mm. This part of my soul does not feel in union with you, God. I pray for union here. Unite yourself to me here. And that's where the healing comes from. Now, again, I, I don't mean to oversimplify this. Sometimes we do need you know, therapy and, and good therapy and months of it. Sometimes we do need trauma intensive. Sometimes we need healing prayer. But Alan, God did not create a world where the stained glass within us has to wait for a brilliant therapist or the $5,000 to pay for an intensive. Like, no way, man. Yeah. No way. Christ yeah. heals. Christ heals. And the, the bottom line is this. I ask you for the rest of my salvation. Well, that takes place as Jesus inhabits yeah. more of my humanity. And there's a lot of my humanity, thank the living God, that he is inhabiting right now. But there's places that have yet to come into union with him, and that's what he's after, and that's where he's working. And that reminds me of Isaiah 61, when Jesus defines, here's why I came, to heal the fractured, brokenhearted, yep. and to set us free. Like everything you're saying, John, to me is awakening this fact that it's not a one and done. Like he comes to heal our broken hearts, and there are pieces over time. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Sometimes new issues that you go, whoa, I didn't even remember that. But yeah, we moved. We moved when I was in eighth grade. I forgot about that. And I didn't have any friends that year. Whoa, Jesus, come into this. And he'll say, uh-uh, walk into the center of it with me. <laughs> Let's go there together, okay? Yeah. Sometimes it's new stuff. Sometimes, Alan, as you were describing earlier in this conversation, it's stuff that you thought, come on, man, I've already, revi I've already visited this. Yeah. Well, he's coming in for a deeper cut. There's more to be cleansed. There's more to be healed. Right? Right. Yeah. That's good. So in the midst of real life, you know, my sabbatical was lovely, lovely, lovely in some ways. No technology. I wasn't watching. It was really interesting. I actually couldn't read. Hmm. Um, and my soul was just like, don't give me content. I just need rest. And so the only thing I could listen to, I couldn't listen to podcasts. It was like, oh, my God. Because is a little rough for a moment. The pressure on the modern Christian leader, whether they are the rector of a church, a bishop, whether they are, uh, you know, influencer is the name, you know, author, speaker, writer types, the, the pressure to be up on everything. So you're listening to all the cutting edge podcasts and stuff. It's just crazy, man. That it literally replaces a life with God. I couldn't listen to podcasts. I mean, I just, I was letting my soul tell me what it needed. Yes. And it's like, turn that off. 
for God's sake, stop bombarding <laughs> me with more content. So in that, in that beautiful time, there was still heartache. There was still trips that we had to stop and take trips out of state for family things. And, and so there's a reality when I say I was on sabbatical, there's just a reality to it. Some deep loss, um, tears, grief, but also the beauty of God. And the idea being, here's the prayer we're all praying is Jesus. I ask you for the rest of my salvation. Oh God, I need the rest of my salvation, please. I don't want large portions of my soul living outside of you or apart or driving the bus or unhealed, mm. uncleansed, unwell. My salvation is to be thoroughly inhabited by your presence, restored by your presence. And so we are asking for the rest of our salvation. And we might come back um, to some more lessons uh, from sabbatical down the road, but I wanted to at least share these two things. Yeah, thank you for not only pursuing that yourself on your sabbatical, but for sharing it with us. Because again, this is my first time to hear it and it's so rich and it's so practical, something that you're not just telling us what you've done, but you're inviting us to experience the same. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, I really really am. In this hour on this planet, are you kidding me? We need the rest of our salvation.